High Aryan Times I learned the last time is pronounced perfectly right. Uh, it's almost perfect, yeah. Almost? Yeah. Uh, almost, almost, almost. It's uh, Times. Times. Times, yeah. But a lot of people don't hear the difference between uh, Times from like the newspaper, the New York Times, mm-hmm. or um, my last name, uh, Times. It's, Times. It's a very sound difference. Yeah. yeah you, your name the, uh, sounds stronger. It's like Aryan <laughs> Times. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, it's like, like I said, it's almost perfect. Oh, okay. I, I thought now I'm really perfect, but uh, I have to practice until the next time. However, yeah, uh, you pinged me and said um, I was wrong. And in nineteen fourth edition of Ehex TV, this was the last one. And um, because what I did, I mentioned that you know Payara is like uh, uh, buggy a free or or free you know a bug free yeah uh, <laughs> uh, glassfish. Yeah because it's backed by the Payara guys and comes with less bucks and is more active. And you said it's no more true. And uh, take a look at GitHub uh, contributions. And I did it. Um, I've opened. And uh, indeed, uh, Glassfish is very active. It's hard to tell whether it is more active than Payara, because in Payara seems like the commits distribute among, amongst more people. So the uh, the chart is not as, uh, how to call it, not as high. Or um, not not as emphasized as in the case of Glassfish, where there are less lesser committers with more contributions. So, but uh, I would say at least as high. So, uh, why that? I mean, why Glassfish is now alive? Is it your fault or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I've been working um, before to get Glassfish um, to get certified for each new uh, Jakarta EE version. Mm-hmm. So that was the initial thing for um, for Glassfish to uh, to continue. But then at some point, um, I looked at it and I thought, well, it's actually quite a shame if we only use this for compatibility reasons. Mm-hmm. And then um, approximately like a year ago, I thought, okay, well, why not? Let's see if we can update this a little, see if we can fix some boxes, see if we can do some uh, things there. And... Yeah, so piece by piece, it got into the habit of fixing more bugs in Glassfish, making it a more uh, productive-ready mm-hmm. uh, server. And then quite quickly, actually, um, things became rolling. So we got contributions from some other people. Mm-hmm. So indeed, it's not as much as several other projects. Um, but still, we have like three, four steady committers, uh, two super steady ones who contribute a lot. Uh and the project really started to become um, alive again. So that's that's more or less uh, the background there. Um, so there wasn't like a real plan. There was like, okay, but let's just see if we can get this running a little again. And then from one commit came the other. Mm-hmm. Then we started to do more and more. And um, it's also nice that we focused a lot on getting the technical depth uh, down. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something you might not be able to do um, when you're in a company. Mm-hmm. Depends on the company, of course, but you have other uh, concerns too. Uh, but if you're just doing this out of um, your own free hours, it's easier to focus on just the technical depth that you want to focus on. Yeah, I mean, and this is also more fun, right? To fix the technical yeah. depth because you can uh, delete a uh, lots of code. And <clears throat> if, you're, if <laughs> yes. you're having... A commercial product is a way harder because you have to support your your clients and you have you know to keep everything stable to the outside. I would say so. There is more risk. Actually, if you have commercial product, it is not very wise just to fix the you know uh, technical depth because you you are introducing additional risk without any additional features, right? Yeah. Yes and no. So like the yes is, of course, uh, refactoring introduces risk. Uh, there's no features. Customers don't always see the refactoring. So that's a risk. True. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when you continue with a base, a code base full of technical depth, then increasingly any features becomes more difficult. So yeah, of course. really sure uh, which change touches which thing. Um, everything is so intertwined. You've got this ancient bits of code that don't do anything, but you're still afraid of them, so you don't touch them. And all those things build up over the years. So uh, we were in a kind of good position here that there's no or not that much commercial pressure 
of a glass fence, but we were able to tackle all these fundamental issues there. So there was a lot of depth according to uh, the older JDK versions. Mm -hmm. So uh, glass fence, of course, everybody knows this, I think, was once a product of Sun, Sun mm -hmm. Microsystems. Mm -hmm. And Sun Microsystems owned the JDK as well. Mm -hmm. So what they did in a lot of classes was just copying large parts of the JDK, mm -hmm. but not everything. So they kept a lot of dependencies to the JDK, mm -hmm. which were, of course, some dependencies. But at the time, it probably made sense since you were like Sun depending on Sun. So that wasn't yeah. that bad, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, of course, it's quite different. So you have all those things that deeply touched Sun code that you couldn't uh, update anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we did. We replaced a lot of those things. Uh, some things just have to, had to be ripped out since they were pretty much impossible to port. Uh, other things we ported, so we introduced new code for that. Mm -hmm. uh, some things were quite easy to fix, a few code changes here and there. Uh, other things needed to be uh, completely rewritten, mm -hmm. so especially things concerning the uh, security APIs had to be uh, removed. Um, the UGB and connectors uh, proxy generation mm -hmm. that needs to be massively changed. So you were quite in a position to be able to do all those uh, things. Mm -hmm. But, but that's quite uh, quite interesting to do. This sounds like fun, B. I mean, this is like you know refactoring just for fun. Speaking of fun, yes. do you have too too <laughs> yes. much too much free time, or what's wrong with you? So usually you're running a company. You you are skilled, you know, Java e security expert. So it's like, you know, uh, you just gave up and say, like, okay, now I'm retired. I'm just fixing, you know, old projects. I think the next one is going to be end, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, now, of course, uh, realistically, uh, one thing has to give. Uh, you can't spread yourself too thin. If you look at my commit graph, you see, like, there's uh, bouts of commits to my other project, mm -hmm. uh, Pirana Cloud, mm -hmm. uh, that stops for a few weeks. And then I move on to, say, uh, Mahara. Mm -hmm. So I fix bugs and do things for Mahara. Um, then again, that stops and I switch over to Glassfish. So I, I do try to to moderate it a little and not do too much at the same time, but it's like a serial um, multiple project commit thing. Yeah, but still, I, I would say um, if you if you would if you take you know just Piranha to the to the maximum, I would say you could be. You know, uh, uh, you you will be busy all the time, just you know, to to dealing with Piranha Cloud. So why you are fixing Glassfish? Yeah, so they do overlap in a sense. So they are two completely different projects, but they do share the components. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of things, a lot of components that are used in uh, Piranha Cloud are also used by Glassfish, or the other way mm -hmm. around. Um, so but one of the things uh, we've been looking at at the refactoring effort is splitting out a number of components. So we started with the authorization code that was extracted to a new project called Exusia. And we used that project in Piranha as well. So then the authorization bits are shared between classes and Piranha. Uh, there's plans to do the same for uh, transactions. Mm -hmm. So currently, uh, transactions is embedded within the Glassfish code is not a separate project like Mahara or Jersey. Um, but the plan is to uh, make that a separate project too and then share it between Piranha and Glassfish. So then, in a way, uh, Piranha is kind of the the, the highly modular, um, small version of Glassfish in a way. So they, they do strongly connect, even though they are uh, different uh, projects. But that's that's kind of the incentive of starting with Glassfish as well, instead of just fixing, like you say, uh, and <laughs> for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are not completely crazy. It makes also business sense, or at least you know, uh, project sense for you, which is perfect because uh, what uh, what happened right now, Glassfish becomes better, a better product, and. Uh, even the Payara guys can participate uh, or not participate. They can benefit from the uh, improve Glassfish improvements. I took a look yes. at the uh, at the. There are also some uh, Payara guys still now contributing, like Steve Milic, 
contributed uh, towards end of or beginning uh, twenty uh, no end of twenty twenty one, and um, and if you are improving the you know the technical uh, foundation, they could pick this foundation, have less effort in Payara, and contribute back something else. So Glassfish becomes better and better product, and the foundation for everyone, right? Yes, yes. So um, already that is happening. So Payara. Mm-hmm. Uh, is at the moment uh, moving to uh, true JDK 17 compatibility, mm-hmm. meaning they actually compile and build on JDK 17. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, they took a lot of commits from Glassfish. Mm-hmm. So um, actually they took the commit as uh, patches since the source code has uh, diverted. They can't directly mm-hmm. up, uh, merge or down merge. But they did do it in patches. Mm-hmm. So um, and the name is again in the commit list of uh, Piara. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, nice to see. And of course, that's the intention of open source. I mean, like the source is open. It's there to share. And um, if the source would not be picked up by anyone, then what's the point of open source? Yeah. So it's actually uh, very great that the Piara guys have been able to... Um, to take those changes in glasses, uh, mm-hmm. use them to improve uh, PR as well. And that makes the entire ecosystem a better place for everybody. And in that way, we still, uh, the two teams, they still participate in the overall uh, Jakarta EE ecosystem together in a way. But that's uh, really good. Yeah, and this is what I also see just from Twitter is that still everyone... Like, uh, like each other, right? So you you are on Pranagai, Payara, and Glassfish, and everyone works together. Uh, they everyone has the uh, no own agenda, but uh, you know um, everyone meets in Jakarta, e, Java, e, and, uh, and and Glassfish. Actually, this is the common meeting point, right? Yeah, indeed. And I worked, of course, with uh, with the Payara guys a long time, and I uh, still have a couple of uh, friends over there, which mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, which. Uh, it's still good to see they're making progress as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, the overall ecosystem uh, thing. That's good. Uh, and I good like to, uh, see, to see your your uh, you know uh, co- commit um, committer name in the patches of Payara. So it's also a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, that's also quite nice to see indeed. Uh, uh, one more thing, by the way, about the classes refactoring uh, effort is that. Um, We've also been focusing quite a bit on uh, testing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of embedded tests within the Glassfish <laughs> uh, project, mm-hmm. but they were all kind of in a uh, non-working state. Mm-hmm. So there's there's an immense um, a testing folder. It's in App Server Test, mm-hmm. where you uh, discover one test after the other. And, wow, did they... Add tests for this as well, but they haven't been run for a long time, mm-hmm. and they were quite outdated. They were quite um, uh, flaky. They didn't always pass. So, for the last six, seven, eight months, we have this huge issue, which is, I think, just um, modernize all tests and take them forward twenty years or so in time, mm-hmm. where we essentially uh, go through all the tests, update them, give them new. Um, uh, dependencies, so uh, we moved them all to uh, Unit 5. We uh, uh, we updated them all to use uh, JDK 11, JDK 17. Mm-hmm. And um, this is also quite a great um, a contribution to this refactoring effort, where we are more confident that all those changes that we do in refactoring, that they still... Um, <coughs> leave the project in a stable version. So that's a bit coming back to the beginning. We said, okay, well, refactoring is a risk mm-hmm. since you change things and it introduces risk and things might break. So we counterbalance that with all the tests that we uh, improve and add. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fully understandable. So what I did uh, last year, I think I, I created a small utility open source project with my setup. Um and why I did it is uh, because it was for me easier to maintain. So I know, you know, my GitHub is like the generic part. I keep it current. So I, uh, it's also nice. It's just picked by by others. But if I have a commercial project, it's my starting point. I just clone it and you know uh, refine it a little bit and uh, or refine it. Um, 
There's nothing to refine. Making more customer specific. This is what I meant by refinement. Yeah. And for me, it's way easier to maintain that way because I say, okay, on GitHub is not a master. Without GitHub, I had it some somewhere on my hard disk and had to remember where it is. It was a uh, no, uh, um, a way harder to find. And GitHub is additional backup actually. And uh, for my clients, it's also nice because uh, you know there are some screencasts and, and videos, so they can look at this and say, okay, this is a kind of a standard. It won't disappear in one day. So, um, and this is of course my my projects are tiny, so I'm consultant. But in your case, it makes absolute sense. So. <clears throat> What I wanted to ask about, what is the progress with Piranha? Because we had a chat uh, a little while ago, and you told me back then, it's like, you know, the servlet already starts. And I said, okay, nice. This is what we had in 1995, right? <laughs> 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 but uh, I assume uh, you are um, uh, now more capable than back then, right? Yeah, that's true. So um, it's still an, an after-hours project, yeah. uh, Piranha. So. Mm -hmm. But not moving with the same speed as maybe a commercial project would be that mm -hmm. had like 20 developers on it. So mm -hmm. it's like every month we do a few commits, uh, we improve things, we improve the compatibility. Uh, but yeah, things have taken off quite a bit from there. So just the other day, we achieved uh, MicroProfile 5 compatibility wow. for uh, JWT. So it's not okay. the entire. Um, MicroProfile 5 suite is just JWT. Mm -hmm. And by extension, that's um, MicroProfile uh, config. It depends on that. Uh, so it makes use of it. We don't know yet if it passes the TCK for that. Uh, probably will, but we haven't tested that. Uh, but that's a quite good achievement because it means that like a lo lot of things are working, like uh, Jakarta REST uh, is... Um, Beneath that, uh, CDI is beneath that, uh, Surflet as well. But the entire package is working quite well there. Mm -hmm. um, with regards to the compatibility, uh, I think back then when we had the last chat, it was like, I don't know, 70% or so or something that, that we had for compatibility. And now we're like at 98 or something percent. So we mm -hmm. almost passed the servlet uh, TCK, mm -hmm. but that's um, that's quite something for us. So indeed, you say, well, it's people passed the TCK in uh, 2000 or so, um, but it's still quite difficult to implement the entire thing from scratch. Yeah, um, um, I'm not um, I'm not that interested, you know, in the complete TCK support. I'm more because uh, there are just corner cases, you know. Uh, I assume uh, the HTTP2 alone is a huge amount of work to support. Yes, yeah. So that's one of the things. It's just two. It's just two tests. Yeah. So it's not that much in terms of uh, compatibility percentages. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a huge amount of work to still yeah. that we still have to do. Yeah, and for me it would be you know um, I'm actually don't need servlet at all. JAXRS support on and CDI. A subset of CDI would be enough to have productive projects, you know. So um, I was. Uh, this was my comment, like you know, uh, okay, servlet is not devaluable, but if you have eighty percent servlets, eighty percent JAXRS, eighty percent CDI, and uh, whatever, maybe a little bit bin validation, then we are talking. Then I can build. I can actually port all my applications to run on Piranha, and Piranha becomes a viable uh, platform for me. And I, I will know over time it becomes better and better. So I actually, I don't have to 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 uh, to have you know the one hundred percent compatibility. It is nice to have, but I try to avoid some sophisticated features. For instance, um, only in a view projects I'm using interceptors in CDI, right? So in a business project there is a, not a lots of room to do such a thing, or you know producers in CDI not that common. In business projects, you don't need them. You can just inject, inject you know, your pojos and they're way to go. So, um, yeah, so um, this is why uh, this was my comment regarding servlets. So, what I understood right now, so you you are almost done with MicroProfile five. Yeah, with the JWT portion mm -hmm. of it. So okay. it's not the entire uh, MicroProfile, but we are going to move into uh, supporting the other required elements. So that's uh, Open API. Um, health, uh, those kinds of things. So that will be uh, next on the agenda. Mm -hmm. But what and are you supporting right now? Which specs are you supporting right now from MicroProfile or Jakarta E? Yeah, so we're um, essentially the, um, the base profile within the um, uh, server. So, so we have 
multiple uh, distributions of the server of mm -hmm. the uh, runtime. It's actually not always a server. It's like a runtime that scales up from a very small thing, just a a lambda function kind of thing, to um, something that's more like a micro version, something that's more like a dynamic version of micro, to a server version, to an application server version. So mm -hmm. every time each uh, the distribution adds things that a typical um, application server does. So the smallest version does not have a HTTP server. It does not have a deployment uh, mechanism. It does, of course, not have an undeployment mechanism. Uh, then the next version has a deployment concept, but no HTTP server, etc., etc. Um, so the the middle ground version that we think is most suited to a normal development. Mm -hmm. That's like it's kind of like the micro version. Mm -hmm. Um, that supports uh, basically all the things to uh, to also support uh, microprofile JWT in this case. So that would be for servlet. It's uh, JSP that almost comes with it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, CDI. It's um, interceptors still, since the annotations do use interceptors mm -hmm. behind the scenes. Uh, it's Jakarta security with Jakarta authentication and Jakarta authorization. Um, REST and then uh, JWT. So that's, that's kind of like the basic stack that, um, to us is a bit like a core stack kind of thing. Uh, so the, a couple of the technologies, um, behind it. So indeed, uh, servlet, uh, and the security specs, you, you don't quite see them so much. Like the entry level for you would be, uh, JAXRS, uh, Jakarta REST. Mm -hmm. And then the other things are just beneath the surface, so to speak. And then within Jakarta REST, you can use your uh, JWT security or other uh, authentication mechanisms if you wish. So, so that's kind of the the basic stack. So having Jakarta REST with uh, CDI and all the security things beneath it. Yeah, this is actually great news. So it means we have another kit on the block, right? Yeah, more or less, more or less. So we have Why more or less? Because for my, for my project, it would be for a lot of projects would be sufficient. There are some projects using you know JPA, the others are using uh, NoSQL databases. So then uh, it doesn't matter in this case. But if I get JAXRS with CDI, and uh, um, then I'm already in good shape. And uh, JWT, of course, and security is is huge. So it looks actually really nice. Yeah, so it's indeed that was the that was the more part. Uh, the best part is that we're still maybe not um, that confident yet, but that's maybe just being typically uh, the Dutch. You, know, you don't brag too much about the stuff you do. You mm -hmm. can always, uh, but we're um, improving by the day, really. So it's uh, the project is starting to get really viable to do like actual application development on it. Since, like I said, we support all those uh, things. Mm -hmm. uh, we do really like to get to the 100% of surflet just to have something uh, tangible as a certification uh, thing. But indeed, it's true, like a lot of projects out there, uh, even the most popular ones, uh, Tomcat, just, uh, Tomcat, Jerry, uh, Tom EE, uh, they weren't officially certified for a long yeah. time yeah. and still the most popular thing out there. Yeah. Uh, but, but he knew they were essentially compatible with Jakarta EE or Java EE back then and Surflet, uh, but they hadn't had this certification thing and they were still the most popular projects out there. So yeah, in that sense, uh, Piranha Cloud is really getting to start uh, becoming ready for actual yeah. uh, application development. And uh, I think I use Quarkus all the time, and it's hugely pro popular in my projects. But I think Quarkus is still not completely microprofile compatible. There are some corner cases where Quarkus isn't. I don't care. But uh, I heard you know on Twitter that you are not compatible. So okay, but it doesn't matter in my project, so I don't care. And I think Helidon, <clears throat> I don't uh, is microprofile compatible, but I think Helidon doesn't support serverless at all. No, this so, uh, yeah, so those are kind of projects. That are in the same um, same corner of the market mm -hmm. uh, that we are. Mm -hmm. So it's um, a bit of my micro profile. It's a bit of uh, Jakarta EE, and together 
trying to to become this uh, runtime for uh, a lot of things, but don't necessarily or completely not be an application server. So there's no installed uh, thing. There's no uh, concept of deploying and undeploying things. Yep. And Halidon has the same, same concept as we have with uh, Pirana. We even compared uh, Halidon and uh, Pirana in an article on okay. uh, Java. So there's an article in Java magazine that compares the two a bit mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. And the, they're quite in the same same league. So uh, Pirana is um, attempting to focus more on also support, uh, supporting most Jakarta EE mm-hmm. uh, components. Halidon is first and for all uh, focusing on microprofile, but they're taking up more and more uh, Jakarta EE components as well. So they support uh, assistance, I think, um, XWS, I think, even, Beam Validation. Uh, so they have a number of things they support in mm-hmm. addition to MicroProfile. I think transactions as well. So that's uh, quite interesting. They're not, not a Jakarta EE runtime, but they do have mm-hmm. way more uh, Jakarta EE specifications mm-hmm. than MicroProfile would uh, require. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're, they're both this, this runtime where you um, uh, start your application with the uh, the runtime as a library kind of thing and not as an application server. Mm-hmm. Actually, it took me a long time to understand the difference or not to notice the difference between application servers and um, runtimes. And I had a chat at the podcast with Bruno Borges and uh, we had a chat and then I said, okay, of course, because you know I referred always to application servers. And actually, the deployment, I didn't care about the deployment either, because what I always did in Docker is I bundled everything together and you know, auto-deploy happened behind the scenes without noticing. So the deployment was, I think, for the last 10 years, I never deployed something to application server. I always yeah. shipped you know, the entire thing. <clears throat> and then I started to think about, okay, and then it's really the case that you know the deployment on application servers don't matter, and I rename it to runtime. So this was the, mo- <laughs> the only difference. And uh, but I but I use exactly the same what I what I what I did you know since two thousand and five. Um, and uh, the uh, I, I would say I was against the shared deployment very early as the you know hardware became cheaper. I, I never saw the point again why we should share, you know, uh, multiple components in a single application service. I usually use the application service to increase productivity because I could focus just on the business logic and they did everything else for me. But uh, even now, I would even consider application servers as serverless, really, because uh, what we did, we just created a war. And we uh, in some companies, you are even not allowed, you know, to... Um, deploy uh, the, the war by your own so you had you know to pass it to uh, to for deployment and uh, they de- deploy that for you so it was truly serverless experience <laughs> and um yes. yeah so um interesting so um and uh, yeah so uh but uh piranha is runtime and application server it depends on the addition right it could be a library it could be a runtime or or it can be an application server yes it starts uh, scales up in those various uh, distributions <laughs> and in the smallest version, it's just a, a library. So it's uh, something that's called by a serverless installation. It's just a lambda. It's essentially a kind of um, kind of lambda function, but then with the serverless API there. Mm-hmm. It's not a full serverless API, but it's just enough to get an HTTP request uh, into your application, and then you can do with HTTP request uh, whatever you want. But there's um, there's not much else go- going on. So it's just a familiar servlet environment, a f- a familiar servlet APIs, but you're really a Lambda function. You, you are being called by the uh, cloud provider, uh, which most other cases they use a specific API for that. And here you have the familiar servlet API. Other than that, it's just a Lambda function. Oh, uh, wait a second. It means that you are supporting the uh, Lambda HTTP events? Uh, no, not that. It's that um, when you're like in a serverless environment, yeah. typically you implement some kind of interface from the uh, c- cloud provider where you get an HTTP request. And exactly. you just work with HTTP request. But the interface you get 
and the HTTP um, uh, type, the, cl- the class encapsulating uh, that one, those are all specific to the provider. Exactly. So you can, like, an, uh, for instance, I'm just making something up, a handle HTTP interface, and then you get like an HTTP exchange class, and then you work. Uh, what what, what do you get on, on AWS? You get a JSON event with a no path and request params. So the entire information, what we had in the header, is already parsed and is available in HTTP event for you. Uh, there are two such events. So um, what you only would have to do is to... Uh, to I don't think even you have to parse the file because uh, there is uh, um, an HTTP event in Java already ready to use. In, it's like Jackson deserialized, but you could even get you know the event as a string. And then what you will have to do is, you know, to say, okay, this is get with this parameters and this headers and just invoke a JAXRS endpoint or whatever you have or your servlet. So this will be the mapping. So it will be trivial. Have you thought yeah, about so, such a thing? Yeah, so a little. So like uh, one of the contributors uh, is uh, Manfred Wiem mm-hmm. and he works for uh, Microsoft uh, working with the Azure Ah, team. okay. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, naturally quite interested in that mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so th- th- there are things on the roadmap uh, specifically relating to uh, those kinds of things. It wouldn't be AWS in the first uh, uh, instance, but uh, Microsoft Azure mm-hmm. starts with. But Microsoft Azure is very similar. There's also Azure yeah. functions, and uh, you get also know the, uh, this is almost identical. Um, you can you can have HTTP events, or you can have just React, you know, to just a method, and you um, and you get past everything. So you can you have a usually the synchronous functions are backed by a kind of gateway or proxy which receives the HTTP events, converts them to HTTP, and 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 passes them to the lambdas. And uh, on um, on Azure, there is a service behind that. On on uh, on AWS, it can be HTTP API gateway, REST API gateway, or application load balancer. But you get, in any case, you get a um, a JSON object. Yeah, and those environments are what the uh, smallest version of uh, Piara, Piara Nano. Maybe an information yeah. for you. Maybe it'd be interesting because uh, if you if you search for AWS serverless containers, Jersey. You will find a project from AWS, and they did it with Jersey. So they uh, they implemented the adapter layer for you, which uh, now picks the JSON object and invokes Jersey functions. So it could be okay, already yeah, so usable for you without any changes, because I assuming you are also related to Jersey, because you know if this is Glassfish project. So I, I think you could reuse the entire code. I already looked at the code because I was curious. I wanted actually to experiment with it just for fun, but I had no time. Yeah, yeah, it might be interesting for Piranha to look at. Indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you search for AWS uh, serverless containers, it has to be the link. And then Jersey, there will be a GitHub project. And I took a look and they already integrated Jersey to, uh, to be invoked by HTTP event. This is an official AWS project. Okay, yeah, so that sounds a bit similar indeed to that mm-hmm. uh, thing. So in our case, it would be like a more universal thing since like we, we would integrate with the service uh, provider and then you get a default HTTP mm-hmm. uh, servlet uh, environment mm-hmm. with, rest- with uh, some restrictions. And then from there you can call uh, or integrate uh, whatever other thing depends on servlet. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more like a small plug-in type of thing where you go mm-hmm. from your uh, provider to a familiar HTTP uh, servlet mm-hmm. uh, interface type of thing. So that's, but, but yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's something we could uh, definitely take a look at. Mm-hmm. So this was cool the first that. runtime. You say the first, you know, version of uh, Piranha is like you know the Lambda-like integration, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. So the next uh, version is essentially. Um, uh, quite like that, mm-hmm. but it demands a full servlet environment. Okay. So it's uh, the Lambda version is just really small. It uh, it doesn't have things like an HTTP session for it, for instance. It doesn't get too many uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. So the next version after that is more 
like a full shared mm-hmm. environment. Uh, so we can do a lot of more things uh, with that. Um, and it's uh, at the same time, so both a nano and the embedded version, they're quite <coughs> suitable for embedding in mm-hmm. other applications. Uh, so it's, it's essentially when you run in an, um, a cloud provider environment, you're embedding your uh, your gateway thing or your plugin type within mm-hmm. their environment. So that's where the embedding thing comes from. Um, and that's the main difference between uh, Piranha Nano and Embedded. So mm-hmm. one is just a very small uh, environment where you just get the HTTP servlet request and a familiar uh, servlet interface, but there's not much else. Mm-hmm. And Embedded is actually trying to implement a full servlet environment, so including when we do support it, HTTP2 suggestions uh, and all the stuff that comes with that. So that's the next version after uh, Piranha Nano. And um, what are your plans with it? It's just fun, or you would like to st- start a company around that? Or Yeah, so um, especially with the version that comes after that, the uh, Piranha Nano, and then, oh, sorry, the Piranha Micro, uh, with all the other stuff mm-hmm. that comes with that, making it more suitable for a lot of use cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we do intend to build something around that. So mm-hmm. it's still early days, um, but a support company for those technologies, that's uh, definitely on the table. So mm-hmm. we're, we're currently investigating a little bit uh, what's there. So um, looking a bit at the market, uh, where can we exactly uh, function, where we, where can we exactly provide uh, value to the uh, to the market? So yeah, that's on the table for sure. So and uh, now we learned what you did do in your free time. So in your free time, you became you know one of the most active Glassfish committers and Piranha committers. Yeah. So w- what do you do now at work? <laughs> yeah, so at work, it's uh, just uh, essentially at the moment random consulting. Okay. Uh, so it's just um, various jobs. So it's typically for a few days in the week, mm-hmm. uh, four days in a week. So I have like one day for the other projects or it's after hours of the other project. It depends a little bit on the customer. Um, but it's just stuff like, uh, for instance, the last customer was about, um, we've got a very specific um, Haven plugin. Mm-hmm. That they wanted to uh, be built. Mm-hmm. So they saw me online. They saw I did an article about the Maven plugin. So they contacted me. Okay. And they wanted to like very specific uh, stipping resources, adding things to it. But it was myself quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. Uh, customer before that was a bank in uh, Canada where they had a, a JSF application. Uh, running on a uh, Spring Boot, mm-hmm. uh, do, doing lots of stuff. And um, so, yeah, it's typically that kind of uh, work. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's mostly not specifically uh, glamorous. It's just things to get uh, to get uh, done. But of course, that's what uh, Jakarta EE is about as well. It's just a tool to get the job done. Yeah. And it does that quite well. Mm-hmm. And it does it like really well for the customers. You're particip- uh, participating in Jakarta E process still a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm still on the um, uh, Jakarta EE uh, steering committee. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm involved with that. And I'm quite often, but not always, on the platform call too. Mm-hmm. So I do uh, have some input there. I don't typically participate in all, all the things having to do with uh, process and votes and legal stuff so more like in it for the technical bits uh but yeah i'm still in that process too so and what interesting happens right now so what 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 do you are more most excited about or what's what happens in jakarta e-space so what they are doing yes in the the, uh, jakarta e-space we're mostly uh preparing now for the jakarta e10 release Mm -hmm. that's a big uh topic that comes up um so we do have other things like uh, plans for the next year involving a kind of uh, uh, a program to more 
educate uh, developers about Jakarta EE. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about that. And it's essentially like all the sometimes uh, b- boring bits to get the process running. So mm-hmm. how do you release a, um, a release candidate to mm-hmm. Maven Central? Uh, do you need to have all the dependencies available? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you stage things or do you just um, release something to, st- to staging and not to uh, Maven Central? So all those kinds of uh, process mm-hmm. things. Um, so th- that's stuff we talk about. Um, in general, like I said, at the Jakarta ecosystem, so to speak, the big thing is moving to uh, Jakarta EE10. Getting so what, what, what is Jakarta EE10 about? So Jakarta EE10 is uh, mostly about uh, finally adding new features to the mm-hmm. platform. So we have um, spent quite a lot of time in the uh, transition mm-hmm. from Oracle to Eclipse and then from the Java to the Jakarta namespace. So we mm-hmm. had this thing like Jakarta EE8 that was the same as Java EE. Eight. Um, then we had the minimal build. Uh, we had the build of Classfish 5 that was built from the uh, transport source. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Jakarta EE9 with the Jakarta namespace. We had uh, Jakarta EE9.1 which supported JDK 11. Mm-hmm. We had no time for that still in Jakarta EE9. So all those transfery things were taken care of. And then Jakarta EE10 is finally the one that introduces new... Um, Features to the platform, mm-hmm. and um, like which next, so we have uh, quite a bit of them. Uh, so in uh, the things I'm involved with is mostly a face a security, a bit of CDI. Um, a big thing is the uh, the CDI light thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm focusing on build time features. Mm-hmm. So the entire CDI API, including a new set of extensions, is uh, suitable to be processed at uh, at uh, build time mm-hmm. rather than runtime. So that's a big thing. It's actually quite funny, by the way. I think you remember that too. In the early EGB days, mm-hmm. uh, we had everything at uh, build time. Yes. So Co- code we, generation, right? We generated lots of code, yeah. which was compiled. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of code. You had all those uh, skeletons and stuff. And then yeah. you had these uh, tools from all the vendors that you needed to invoke mm-hmm. for an EGB beam to get to stay to be deployed so everything was a uh, bit build time back then and then the people hated it because it was such uh, work and it was quite d- difficult to debug and what have you and then a uh, reflection came and people were like oh wow this is so much easier and better and it's slower it's, uh, so everyone was excited as so, okay measure the performance because you know the older library uh, the co- generated code was usually even faster because uh, yeah. it was just uh, that simple code, right? And and the uh, reflection was introduced with JDK 1.3, and it was a proxy, the Java proxy, new, new proxy something, right? So And um, with the proxy class, everything became slower. Yeah, so it became slower. It's not always that much slower. It's like sometimes just... But measurably small, slower. So it was... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't yeah, matter, so like, but uh, it was not faster, right? This was the interesting part. Yeah, so it's um, it has pros and cons. So... Um, it's sometimes a bit slower, but when you only do like one reflective operation in one HTTP request, you can't see the difference because it just like, for instance, getting a beam, yeah, uh, call method uh, using a reflection, then you don't and uh, notice this in the context of a HTTP request or mm-hmm. a database call. It's, it's completely irrelevant. Uh, but if you do hundreds of thousands of uh, reflective calls within a single request, then you will get a difference. Yeah, it's, um, um, uh, I mean, if you do you know, uh, several calls with request scoped or you have a pulled EGB, you already notice the difference, right? Because the EGBs will just cache the proxies and the request scoped, everything gets re-injected again. So you will see a little bit difference. But um, now everything moves back, uh, moves back to 1999, right? So we get a lot yeah, of so build-time yeah, so generation. Like, yeah, it's like getting full circle. Um, only the, the difference is we're having better tools right now to do those things mm-hmm. uh, during long time. So you can have just uh, plugins to your Maven build, or your Cradle build, what have you. So it's a lot less a pain than we had in 1999. We had to invoke all those things separately via command line tools and then with scripts and it was just 
pain and those things, but that's uh, standardized mm-hmm. because like uh, WebSphere has their own tool and uh, WebLogic mm-hmm. has their own tool. So it's more standardized. It's easier to integrate within your uh, build process, but it's essentially going back to the beginning of uh, Java EE. So that's quite interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, one thing. Uh, another thing in Jakarta EE 10 is um, that it's, it became sort of a team that uh, multiple specs um, adhere to, and that's uh, removing a lot of the uh, legacy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, not so much a feature in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a feature in the sense of making the platform uh, simpler to use mm-hmm. and uh, lowering the uh, the overhead for people new to the platform. Is all those uh, deprecated things have been removed. Uh, so specifically, again, uh, CDI participated in that team. Um, so a lot of those old uh, methods that were like deprecated since 1.2, mm-hmm. they have been removed. So people do have uh, some migration work to look uh, to, uh, to look at, depending on how they used uh, CDI. Uh, Servlet did the same thing. So a lot of those old uh, Servlet things have been removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it were methods that were uh, deprecated in 2001 or so, like mm-hmm. the log method, mm-hmm. the uh, single thread mm-hmm. concept. Single thread model. I still remember that, right? Yeah, that one. It was like so old. It was like removed a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Or not removed, uh, deprecated a long mm-hmm. time ago. Uh, so that one finally has been removed. And uh, JSF, uh, now called uh, Faces, did the same thing. So we had support to use uh, JSP mm-hmm. as a uh, few templates. So we removed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still had the old uh, managed beams around mm-hmm. in JSF. Uh, they have been long ago. Um, we were advised to use EDI instead. So mm-hmm. we removed those things. Um, we still had our own expression language. Mm-hmm. So I think, don't think a lot of people knew that we still had it, but it was still there in the interfaces. They were all lot, like long ago deprecated. So we, we removed those things as well. Uh, so this is a, a, a kind of a team where like a lot of uh, the deprecated things were removed in multiple uh, projects. Okay. And, uh, and of course we have the feature mm-hmm. things. So in JSF2, we have uh, features to use uh, Java as a, um, a few templating language. It's cool. like mm-hmm. a very old thing on the uh, to-do list uh, that we prototyped actually in, I think, 2012 or so, but it was okay. still on the to-do list. So you can build your views via Java. So yeah, there's lots of things like that. Mamalting sometimes, like you can use uh, more attributes on your uh, cookie in the uh, servlet. So this was... But, but hey, uh, writing the views in Java is actually huge, right? Yeah, it, so it was... It means I could use was, Java 17 um, via a somehow standardized interface and you will call me and I will generate the view? Yes, yes, uh, that's exactly what it means. It's um, like, in a way, this was supported in uh, phases quite... A, a long time ago, like even from the beginning, mm-hmm. where you could create or amend views uh, programmatically, but it wasn't that exposed to the user. So mm-hmm. you still had uh, a lot of um, uh, plumbing work to do to actually get this up and running. So we made that a standard feature. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. It, it was always the case because with the, uh, how is called the, you know, the, if you build your own uh, JSF component, you had to create the views by yourself, right? So you, you had to concatenate basically the string. So it was always available, but it was ugly yeah. to, to work with. Yeah, so, so that was, it was quite difficult to work with. And something like uh, Wicked, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, for instance, which is quite similar to mm-hmm. JSF, mm-hmm. Um, they had this concept of making the view uh, programmatically ah. uh, a long time ago. So it uh, is I, not, uh, this is like a builder pattern style and and not like uh, you give me give me control and I am just you know generating whatever I like with let's say um, text blocked text block in Java. No, it's not necessarily that. It's like you build you get like an interface mm-hmm. that you implement, mm-hmm. and then you just 
add your components uh, programmatically. To okay, it. so, so it's, it's like Wicked. So because they are also, you know, you, you, um, you yeah. are you are building, you know, the view programmatically instead of uh, with tags. Okay. Yeah, so it's a bit like uh, Wicked, or actually quite a lot like Wicked. I think the first request we got for this feature was from the Wicked community. The people who were doing uh, Wicked work, also doing JSF work, missing that particular feature. Mm -hmm. So they requested it back then. Um, and you essentially have this, this swing or SWT style of programming mm -hmm. where you have like a root and you add a command button to it, you add a uh, input field and you do all those things uh, programmatically using the Java API. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, that's stuff we did new. In why why you thought immediately about the string is because if there will be even lower level API, let's say uh, you, I just give you a string back then, of course, I could use GraalVM. In GraalVM, I could load JavaScript or whatever script language I have and can use whatever template. I could use you no know, mustache or whatever. So this could be also interesting. But this is more you know, a place for MVC, Jakarta MVC, right? Yeah, so we can actually do that. So just get a string uh, using um, the JDK 17, or it was 15, I think, actually. Uh, and then pass it on to the... API, and you get a rendered result back. You can actually do that using the embedded version of uh, Piranha Micro. So oh, nice. Example of, of, of that. And it's just like a few lines of code yeah. where you input a, a string with a tags, with a, a, a JSF or HTML tags, and then you get a rendered result back. So mm -hmm. this is essentially one of the other um, feature requests we had. Uh, to use uh, JSF as a general uh, templating language mm -hmm. to just uh, render things for like uh, emails or what have you. Mm -hmm. So it's not in the JSF spec itself, but mm -hmm. you can do this using uh, a Piranha. And it's quite oh, nice. easy to do. It's nice um, because the server-side rendering is coming back. So there will be revival of JSF soon, I guess. Yeah, hopefully so, hopefully so. Mm -hmm. uh, what other features? So we have you know, lots of deprecation, then we have programmatic uh, construction or builder API in JSF, very similar to Wicked. <clears throat> what uh, else spec can you briefly... So there was uh, some uh, 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 discussion around concurrency, right? In uh, JSF? No, in Jakarta EE. Uh, uh... Oh, in Jakarta EE. Yeah, so um, in Jakarta EE there was indeed, so I haven't been able to be involved with that. I wanted to quite mm -hmm. badly because it's an topic uh, quite close to my heart but yeah there's so many other things i was involved with that i mm -hmm. haven't paid much attention to it um but the idea was that a lot of the uh, things in egb that mm -hmm. haven't been uh, migrated to have cdi compatible equivalents they all have to do with uh, concurrency mm -hmm. some way or the other mm -hmm. but there's quite obviously asynchronous annotation that's about concurrency mm -hmm. uh Pulled beans are basically about uh, concurrency, limiting the rate to your server. Uh, there's the other thing like the timer surface. That's actually kind of concurrency artifact. Uh, so the idea was to move all those things to uh, concurrency and then have them in uh, CDI compatible versions. Mm -hmm. But that's your dependency on EGB for all the useful features uh, that it still has. Mm -hmm. is uh, quite reduced or maybe even yeah. null. So but there's another discussion, like, you know, because in MicroProfile, they have already asynchronous to somehow move it out of MicroProfile to Jakarta E into the base or core, core profile, I think was the name, right? Core profile. Not uh, always confused core and base, core profile. Yeah, yeah, it's the core profile. So yeah, there was indeed a call for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, Steve Millich mm -hmm. asked for that. Mm -hmm. I support that. Um, to have concurrency, indeed, as one of the elements in the core profile. Mm -hmm. so I think at the moment it hasn't um, made it in yet, mm -hmm. uh, but it would make sense to have that, indeed, like concurrency together with uh, CDI, together with, uh, mm -hmm. from, from my point of view, security, or uh, some of those uh, fundamental things that basically all other applications, uh, other type of applications use. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm not really sure how far they got. Uh, so I have to take a look again, since mm -hmm. I do have to implement something for Glassfish uh, okay. for that. <laughs> of course. Uh, 
<laughs> so in your free time um any other free specs time, so. you you found you know interesting in jakarta e10 or we covered most of them so lots yeah. of mm -hmm. yeah, so, so of course the uh, security specs mm -hmm. uh, they're quite um interesting so we did have big plans for that especially for the overall jakarta security mm -hmm. um back so that's hasn't happened too much mm -hmm. but we do have a very nice contribution from uh, Piara mm -hmm. uh, for the OAuth or actually OpenID Connect which mm -hmm. related to that um, so that will be a new authentication mechanism in Jakarta mm -hmm. uh, Security Oh perfect so news, actually. Also quite interesting since I oversaw the creation of that feature when I was still at uh, PRA, so I have a bit of a history mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to see that being uh, donated. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the core specs on which Jakarta security depends, so authorization authentication, they have a bit of um, improvements as well. So they're not that much exposed to the end users since they're more like internal mm -hmm. SPIs. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they, they have a lot of added small API methods to make the life of uh, more like the server developers more uh, easy to do. So mm -hmm. um, one of the things we had to look at, and it's still not committed, by the way, but that's the uh, policy class in Java SE that's mm -hmm. uh, deprecated from Java mm -hmm. SE 17 onwards. So we need to find a replacement for that. Mm -hmm. um, so we still have to work out the final details. There's not that much time uh, left. Uh, <laughs> yeah. still have to do that. <laughs> so we're approaching the deadline. And uh, But yeah, a lot of stuff has been mm -hmm. fleshed out for mm -hmm. that. Um, but as a start by the fact, that would mean that the uh, replacement policy uh, would be applicable applicable to um, a per application level. So mm -hmm. in Jakarta authorization, it had this very powerful concept of authorization modules where you could essentially influence all the authorization mm -hmm. rules were there. Um, but it was a bit of a hidden feature in Java EE. So you could only install it at the application server level, not per application. Mm -hmm. You couldn't uh, deploy it via your bar, so you had to do this at the Java SE slash server level. And uh, that thing will be usable at the application level. That's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. Making it much more available and uh, putting it much more into the hands of actual developers. Yeah, it has to be, because in modern application servers, we learned an hour ago are about runtimes, right? So there's everything yes, is application-specific. So yeah, so that more aligns uh, with that. So that would be interesting. Uh, to so have. what we and covered with uh, deprecation, overall deprecation, then JSF improvements with uh, Java builders, uh, security improvements, uh, Java core profile, maybe J Jakarta 11. And uh, what else? New specs? Uh, so, yeah, so what else do we have? Uh, let me think. We have um, so the security specs and all those small... Yeah. New methods, we have the surface spec, uh, small new methods too, and just have a couple of big features. Um, the concurrency is still to mm -hmm. be seen. I don't know this from the mm -hmm. top of my head. Uh, we had a couple of enhancements in the configuration, I think, right? We, you get the configuration for micro profile, I think, or is this, uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. configuration, uh, that's on the agenda, but mm -hmm. it's not. Carter E10, so that's coming in a little later okay. version. So that would be still quite interesting uh, to see happening. Okay. As well. Last questions. Uh, last question. What is um, the most ex or what are the most exciting Piranha cloud features which are not standard? So we talked okay, about so uh, lots of certification, but what you are like, most excited about, you know, I implement this in Piranha. It's another standard, like, you know, it, you told me I can just very easily pass a string and get resolved templates or something like this. Uh, is this uh, anything, you know, interesting in Piranha? Some innovation? Yeah, so, yeah, so something which I uh, personally uh, really like. It's mm -hmm. in uh, the dynamic version of uh, Piranha Micro. Mm -hmm. That's the ability to run via a isolated class loader. So mm -hmm. you can implement 
Um, you can load your application within an embedded version of it, and then it will not see or touch your environment. So for an embedded server, it's always the problem that it runs on a flat uh, class path, mm -hmm. which is sometimes you, you uh, want it because you want to use all the things on your class path, and sometimes you do not want that because it interferes with your environment. So uh, Piranha Micro has this isolated class loader concept mm -hmm. where it's running totally separated from the other parts of your application. Uh, you can use this like in a server environment to run uh, different versions of Jakarta EE at the same time, for mm -hmm. instance. Every instance of uh, Piranha Micro will load the Jakarta ru runtimes in different versions. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is something I quite like as a feature. Yeah. It's quite a bit of a hassle to get the class loader to work, to get everything to work. Uh, but that's quite interesting. And useful. What I remember is always problems and always interfering between libraries of application server with application libraries. So if you, you can do this, if it works. So what it means in practice, I could so use a buggy log4j version and you can, uh, in uh, in Piranha, introduce a patch, a newer version of log4j and Piranha will use the newer one, not from my application, from my main method, right? Yeah, something like that, something like that. Uh, no, exactly that, right? Yeah, it depends. So if it's it's more like you have your isolated class loader, you yeah. load stuff into that. Yes. And then it will not use the stuff that's on your class path already. Yeah. So if... If the class path would have a uh, lock for J there, it will not pick it up. This is what so, I meant, right? I have a main class, let's say, with with my lock for J, which is buggy, and it just writes hello world. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm okay. starting from my main method, your piranha, and you set up your, you know, bug free lock for J. Then uh, uh, the newest one, then piranha will just use the newest one and won't see my lock for J, right? Yeah, so and it will mean exactly that. Yeah, so I thought you meant it the other way around. No, no, the other Maybe way around would be terrible. Yeah, that would be, indeed be terrible. Since if you would like interfere with your isolated environment, yeah, this would be like uh, the hierarchical class loaders which we had, you know, in years back then. No, yeah. no, I would say yeah. the, the true isolation is useful because then yeah, we can go sure possible. that whatever the application did before, we don't we don't care. We have our own little world, Piranha world, yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's quite usable. And somewhat related to that, so the way to load things into the isolated class loader, uh, we use the uh, Maven API for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not loading jars from the file system, but it's using the Maven API. So it could come from the file system if you have your dependencies on a local repo, uh, but it can also load them over the network or from whatever location uh, Maven would patch them. Um, so that's, I think, a quite interesting non-standard feature as well. Yeah, uh, interesting maybe, but also very useful sec security-wise. Because then you could say I'm loading, you know, all the uh, dependencies from my Nexus or Artifactory, and they are, uh, you no know, security scanned, and I'm only allowing certain versions. So you can be sure, you know, whatever you are loading is already scanned, for instance. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of the idea or uh, one of the ideas to have this uh, feature. So the uh, Piranha uh, micro runtime, when you downloaded it, it does not contain any uh, library. It's just a pure uh, loader. It mm -hmm. contains, um, well, the only library it contains are the Maven mm -hmm. libraries. Mm -hmm. And then it uses the Maven to bootstrap all the other things, uh, mm -hmm. Servlet, JSF, what have you. And they can come indeed from an artifactory that's security scanned. Yeah. And pretty much the entire ID behind the feature. Yeah. Almost like headless applets, uh, which are loaded from Maven, right? It should be. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> a good it should be like that indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Perfect. We, we, could, we, so, be, uh, we could even use this as a, a tagline a headless applets loaded from Maven. Yeah, exactly. So, um, cool. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, it was actually a great time. So I will correct, you know, my uh, uh, my statement uh, at the next Airhex TV. So I will show you know the both charts. So I was wrong. All right, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad that we have a Piranha Cloud. And uh, it uh, take a look, please, at the serverless container from AWS with the jersey. 
I, I think in a few hours you have it running because everything is already integrated. You know, the event is parsed, the return value is parsed, Jersey is invoked. So you will only have, you know, to, re, uh, to uh, replace the Jersey endpoint with Piranha and then it should work. And uh, this would be actually great news. So another uh, equity. Ex- yeah. So where people can find you? So Piranha Cloud and your Twitter and whatever you have. Or if someone would like to have, you know, a new version of Maven, they should also hire you. So where, where people can hire you, you know, <laughs> what is the... <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, the main website at the moment is just uh, piranha.cloud. Uh-huh. That's where you find all the cloud bits. And I'm uh, Arjan underscore times at Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so like I said, we're uh, looking into some kind of support company around uh, Piranha Cloud. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be announced hopefully soon so it could be a couple of weeks uh, we're not really sure we're still like in the yeah. investigate phase but that would be interesting and then people could contact us or me yeah. via that company but Perfect. that's still a few weeks away yeah, no problem so you have a uh, lots of free time you know to uh to, to contribute to glassfish again so yeah <laughs> that, that might be <laughs> weird about that okay thank you a lot bye all right thank you too bye cheers